Declan Richard Daniel, born September 28, 2010. This is his story as told by his sweet mom, Christy. You're listening to the Look Above the Clouds podcast, where we cry together, laugh together, and learn from each other. Everyone experiences storms in life, but during the storm, there are always rainbows that come. Whether they're in the form of a family member, friend, or complete stranger, our Heavenly Father always sends them to help ease our burden. I hope you can find the tender mercies during your storm as you listen to others share their stories. And never forget to take time to look above the clouds. All right. Christy, thank you so much for being willing to talk to me today. Um, we'll just jump right in and you can tell us um, Declan's story. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll start with, I was just going into a scheduled appointment and I had felt him not moving as much, but he still was moving. So I'd gone into that appointment a little bit concerned and then um, my doctor was doing an ultrasound to see if he was head down and all that lovely stuff. And he, his, and then he clicked on to hear his heartbeat. And it was the most frightening sound. It didn't sound like a heartbeat at all. It sounded like a hummingbird. It was just super fast. And that's when my doctor was like, you need to go to the hospital. And I was very concerned at that point. And CJ was out in the um, waiting room with the kids. And I remember I walked out and I just told CJ I had to go to the hospital and I just kind of broke down. And the lady that was sitting there at the, um, when you check in and everything, she just immediately grabbed a tissue and came over and gave it to me. And I will never forget that. And come to find out she actually had lost a child herself. Mm. And so she kind of had a special place for people in distress. And so, and at that point, we didn't know we were going to lose him. But, and then we went to the hospital. They did a ton of ultrasounds and they decided that taking him was better than keeping him inside me because I was so far along that if I were to get medication, my placenta would actually filter out a lot of that. So it'd be better just to deliver him. So they decided to deliver sorry, deliver him. How far and so at this point, I'm 36 weeks. Okay. So I have a month left. And um, so just from the time from going downstairs to um, with the ultrasound to go upstairs to the, um, the room and check in and everything, his heart started to fail. And so when they were actually prepping me for my C-section, they couldn't find his heartbeat. And then finally they had to go get a little portable ultrasound machine and saw that it was just barely fluttering. It wasn't even moving much. So that point I've never seen medical professionals so scared in my life and that scared me. And so they were like screaming and running around. And I remember they were like, they were like, she doesn't even have any IV. And they like hurried into an IV. I'm like, this is going to hurt. And it didn't. It was such a blessing that it didn't hurt. I don't know if it was just everyone. It just, there was so much going on. It didn't, but 
And then they're like ramming me into things as we're going to the OR. Like I was, and they were, and then like we get to the OR and they're just like, Christy, move, move, move. And I like tried to move like my pregnant body as fast as I could onto the operating table. And then that was it. I was out. And I thought they're going to start cutting before I was even like out. And I'm like, how much longer? How much longer? And then the next thing I remember is I heard someone crying and I was in so much pain and it took me a second because I was in so much pain to realize like oh wait what happened to baby and a nurse leaned over and I still was really foggy at this point like I couldn't see very well because um I was so much pain because they didn't realize that like the morphine didn't do anything for me like I just completely woke up in pain so I was like foggy and and it made me crave like just like foggy but it didn't actually help with the pain so this nurse leans over and she told me that he didn't make it and I was just like are you serious and we decided not to find out what his gender was and so I um I asked what what the baby was and and they told me it was a boy and I felt like he was a boy the whole pregnancy so I was for five seconds, I was like, I did it, I knew. And then I was like, oh wait, he's not alive. Yeah. And then um, and then I saw the person that I heard crying was CJ. And I, and then they wheeled me to recovery and it was really hard to grieve and be in so much pain because I was in physical pain and I was in emotional pain. It was hard, but I remember the weirdest thing was like, I just remember feeling so loved and I knew it was coming from heaven. It was just tangible, like I could feel it. And though there's been so many times that since that day, I have missed him and it's been hard. Like I have felt that heavenly help where you can literally feel heaven in your home. I've been very grateful for that. The other thing I can't believe is how many people like rallied around us. Like it started in the hospital, like everyone was so sweet to us and it was so devastating and it was for the like staff there. And I was so surprised because they see this all the time. They see people die all the time. They, they watch, and especially that hospital, they have a lot of babies die because they oh. get all the sick babies. And what hospital were you at? I was at Thunderbird. Okay. So they have an incredible NICU team and they lose like, I thought, I think they said they lose like 20 to 30 babies a month because they get the, all the sick babies yeah. and so the staff was incredible like they actually were so choked up sadly it was one one nurse's last day I'm like what a horrible last day yeah no kidding and they actually had a prayer meeting because they were so because he just wasn't supposed to die they were all just like he was savable why didn't he like live they were so like blindsided and it was so interesting to watch that had he passed away before they were able to get him out yeah so they tried to resuscitate him I think they said 18 minutes and they actually sadly because CJ couldn't come in because I was knocked out so he was standing by the defibrillator and so they actually had to come and get it and then he saw that there was all this chaos going in there but 
yeah, he never breathed outside of me. So it was just like literal like moments they missed. Like they just never got him breathing on it. But yeah, so Crazy. they just were just like, he should have been fine. Like they just could not figure out why he wasn't here. And I just always felt like he just wasn't meant to be. So I didn't really need to uh, why. And they were really like, we need to find out why this happened. And so I didn't do an autopsy. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was ever going to happen again. And I just felt like he just wasn't supposed to be here. Uh, I didn't choose to do an autopsy either. I was like, I don't want them to cut his perfect body. Like yeah. he's at peace and I'm at peace and nothing's right. going to change. So exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I, I love that. Too. A medical professional, why they would want the answers, though. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're so used Absolutely. to being able to fix things and, and everything. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was really touching to see, like, the guy that, the doctor that had come and done the ultrasound was like, ultimately, we should just take him. He was, like, just devastated. He stood in my, my hospital room, almost shaking, and he was just, like, didn't have an answer for me. And I think he expected me to like kind of make him tell me what happened. You know what? I didn't have that reaction. And I think he was surprised, but he just like was shaking. It was so interesting, but my doctor is actually like, not that doctor, but my actual doctor, he is very Christian. And so it was very sweet to see how um, he came in. He had a prayer with us and um, he's not of our faith, but he was, was just so sweet and just, I don't know. And he's checked in on me every, every year oh. on Declan's birthday. He knows exactly what day it is. And it's been 10 years and he still talks about how he never will forget that day. And I just, cause he doesn't, he actually doesn't lose that many babies, which is kind of amazing. But uh, my doctor didn't either. When I so anyway crazy so I had never heard your story like obviously um we know each other because you were in my mom's ward at the time um right. and I actually I lived up in Utah at the time um and so I remember my mom calling me and telling me what had happened and and I think that I was like down for something a couple months after Declan died, maybe. And yes. You guys came over to watch a Utes game or something, yeah? yeah? Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. Anyways, but I had never actually heard heard Declan's story like from you. I guess you know I had heard it from other people, but um, I think the other amazing thing too is that you were in my mom's ward, and so was Cammy. Right? Was Cammy yes. in my mom's ward? And, um, mm -hmm. and so you had someone else who had gone through a similar situation just to keep everyone up to date. Yeah. Another friend named Cammy, who's also had a stillborn little boy, um, house like a year maybe before Declan? Um, it was actually two because Cooper is, uh, Emmy's age and Emmy was two when Declan was born. So okay. So yeah, you're right. So I think, I think Cammie's little Cooper was 2008. Yeah. You're at Declan's 2010. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just amazing how, to me, 
how you're placed in lives of people who can be there for you or who have similar situations, you know, like stillborn 10 years ago, or in my case, 16 years ago, it really wasn't talked about. Like I had never heard of a stillborn ever until I had mine, you know, I, I just think people, it just wasn't talked about. I mean, again, I, that was, I was pre-social media. And so, you know, nobody discussed their personal lives all over the internet. Like they do that now, but yeah, I had never heard the term stillborn until I had my Brock. Interesting. But now I hear it all the time just because everybody knows what I've gone through and stuff, but it's just great to know that that there's others out there, I guess, and that you guys were in the same ward. And Cami is so good about remembering yes. things and talking about it. Yes, she is. Actually, weirdly, I I was in a woman with her before I even got pregnant with Declan, and she told me about Cooper. And I remember reading her blog and just crying and like, how did she do it? And and then I remembered that when after. I lost Declan. I remember just being like, well, here I am. And then Sherry was the other one. She was six weeks before me. And I remember thinking that is crazy that it happened twice in a war in six weeks. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. And I remember just, we were making funeral arrangements and stuff and I was coming home and she's just on my porch with like flowers. <laughs> even though she herself had just gone through it like she was going through it she wasn't even much into her journey and she's just there on my porch with flowers talking to my mom who was watching the kids at the time and I just I don't know I do feel like so many people were there for me and when we went the year after Declan died we went and took flowers to all of the staff at my doctor's office and at the hospital and I remember walking up and they were just so sweet and they were like, oh, I remember Declan and I don't know. I just, I was so lucky that I was surrounded by so many good people that were so willing to let me talk about him and never like shut me down or minimalize what I was going through. I was super blessed that way, so especially because you weren't around family right like right yeah all my family's up in Utah or across the country so yeah I had no family here but I felt like I was in the right place like we looked all over Phoenix when we moved here and for some reason surprise just felt like home when we drove in it was weird and then after Declan died I realized that's exactly why we were here we were supposed to be here at the time that we were for whatever reason yeah well who knows if you had ended up somewhere else you may not have had people that knew what you were going through and could help you or whatever absolutely yeah it's it's interesting how many people I've met that have lost a child since then agree like they just and people that it's interesting to see the different journeys too, because my last ward I was in, um, I had two people. One, I she actually gave she. So she, I lived in my mother-in-law's ward 
And when my mother-in-law came, she came with two blank, no, three blankets. Cause she had one for me, one for Julia and one for my mom. And so they could all snuggle with Declan with that blanket and then keep the blanket. And the lady that made those blankets ended up in that ward and I became really, really close to her. She actually was um, one of my best friends in that ward. And then, um, and then I had, an, um, and so she was a couple years before, uh, it was probably more like seven or eight years ahead of me in the journey. And then I met a lady who was like 30 years in, I mean, she's in her seventies and like hearing her perspective and her views and it just helped a ton. And then my grandma, she didn't lose a baby, but she lost a two-year-old. Mm -hmm. And so she helped a ton as well. Like we were both the same age when we lost our baby, our third son, which is kind of weird. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah. So we were both 28 and knew exactly where we were going to be buried when we were old at 28 years old. And I'm like, I'm 28. I shouldn't know where I'm going to be buried yet. But I remember thinking my grandma did the same thing. How weird is that? Yeah. But I have been so blessed. And my family's been really good at talking about him and allowing me to talk about him. It's been really great. So what are some things that um your family does or has that are like remind you of Declan like our family has our Brock giraffe cute um I have shadow boxes up of his stuff but um we did a little lamb and a little polar bear so all my kids have a little a little lamb and a polar bear and um, I bought extra. I have just enough because we just had Hazel and so she actually gets one too. Which I was like, I did the same thing because um, you can't find our giraffe anywhere. And so I bought them off eBay and I bought last time I bought them because I gave, I gave one to each of my siblings when they went on their mission. Mm -hmm. And last time when Jackson left, I bought um, a couple and we're adopting. And so nice. I have one left. Oh, yeah, perfect. it worked out perfectly. That's so. great. Yeah, Cammy actually was the one. She's like, she talked about her monkeys. And so she kind of got me thinking. And then she's like, and they're hard to find once you pick something. It's hard to find them later. So I did. I just kind of was like, I don't know how many kids we're going to have, but let's just get them all. And so I got it just enough. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we do that and I mean his his birthday is I used to do blankets and it was really fun to do and I love doing that but it did get hard going to his hospital every every birthday and then I moved and then it wasn't the same to go to a different hospital for some reason I just had a hard time doing that and then I would make blankets and then I found that I wanted some with me like because I'd run into people that I could give them to. And so I ended up just wanting to keep them and hand them out myself instead of taking them to a hospital. So that's been good, but I haven't made as many blankets as I used to, but his birthdays ended up becoming a pretty fun, fun day for us just to, it's like a holiday in our family. Like we take off school, we take off work and we just go play. And it's, 
it's been fun. I miss going to, like living in Utah and being able to go to his um, grave on his birthday, but. And why did you choose to bury him in Utah? I don't know. Like when we were in the hospital, I just felt this like panicky feeling. Like, I don't think we're going to live in Arizona forever. So I just, I can't leave him here. Like, so, and I knew Utah would always have some family member to like remember him and keep his grave nice. And so that's why we chose to do it. And I'm grateful that I did. I think that was a good choice to put him by family. And that's where CJ's parents have decided to be buried and his siblings, a lot of them have plots right around Declan. We like took the whole thing around him, but yeah. So it just, it didn't feel like, and I don't know, maybe we will end up being here because we came back. So I don't know, <laughs> but it just felt the right thing to do. I don't know why. I just panicked thinking about burying him here. So. I don't blame you. I'm glad that my parents are still there. Although I look at Utah cemeteries versus Arizona cemeteries and I wish that he was buried up here. <laughs> they are pretty. Yeah, they're just, yeah, that's besides the point, but <laughs> Arizona cemeteries are just, anyway. Um, are there, is there anything else that you can think of that, you know, you look back and think, oh man, I'm really glad that happened or that this happened this way or. I, I have heard a lot of people's journeys and my uncle actually did the journey, like he lost his son, his baby, um, eight months to the day after we lost Declan, but he had to pull him off of life support. And I remember thinking, I'm so very grateful that my my trial was tailored for me I I may have been able to do that but I'm glad I didn't have to make that choice and so it's amazing that even though it was horribly hard and very heartbreaking that it still was tailor-made for me and I he knew what I just couldn't have done it and he knew what I was capable of doing and and I do feel like stronger than I realized I just I do feel like Heavenly Father saw me differently than I saw myself because when I was a kid I just never thought I could go through something like that and be okay at the end of it same or through it but I was I was surprised that I could live through it and I've talked to my sister went through something difficult it was not a loss of the same as mine but we both talked about how it's interesting that you feel like you just can't do these certain things but then when you you just do and you get through it and and then when you come out on the other side and you see your journey you're just like I can't believe I did in some ways when you talk about your your story you're like I can't believe that was me that did that and then I'm just so grateful that for Declan I mean CJ and I both have said like we never would have changed anything I would never to spare myself the pain I would never say I'd rather not have had Declan like I'm so grateful I feel like he taught me things that unfortunately I don't know if I would have learned any other way as much as I I don't like having to go through this and I do miss him still to this day I don't I'm grateful for 
what I've learned and who I am at the end of it. And I, I wouldn't be this person if I hadn't gone through it. If that made sense. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, 18 years ago ever, like I would have never been like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm gonna lose a baby. It's fine, you know, like no way, like. I am such a newborn freak, like newborn is my favorite stage. And, you know, so if someone had told me like, oh, well, you're going to have this baby at 37 weeks and not get to take him home. I would have been like, oh, I, there's no way I could not handle that. Like, that's not okay. You know? Right. But now looking back, I wouldn't change it. Like, I'm grateful that he's mine and that, um, he's taught me the lessons that I like, just like you were saying, I'm grateful for the lessons that I learned from him. And I'm still learning because of him, you know, like right. the relationships that it's brought me, like right. my mom too, like, you know, being in your ward, like she's been able to be there for Cammy and for Sherry and for you and for, you know, a few other women and same thing. Like if she hadn't gone through the situation with us, she wouldn't, you know, know what to say or what to do or how to be there or anything. Like right. That. So Heavenly Father definitely gives us what we, what we can handle, even though we don't think that we can handle it like beforehand, um, like I'm grateful for my trial. Like I hear other people's trials, like you were saying, the thought of taking my kid off life support, like, you know, it's funny because now looking at that, like, I think, oh my gosh, I could never, but then also in my head, I'm thinking, I could, you know, I know I could, I just wouldn't want to, right. You know, but I know that I would make it on the other side of whatever trial is thrown at me because I've done it. Right. Exactly. I've I've lived through something that's horrible. Right. So, and I do feel like it does give you more, um, I don't know, confidence is not the right word, but just knowing that everything is going to be okay when you go through other hard things because you've been through your worst nightmare yeah for sure yeah well thank you so much for sharing Declan and your story and um yeah I'm just grateful that that you were willing to talk to me thank you I just want to thank Christy again for sitting down and sharing Declan's story with me. I'm sure that his story touched somebody today, and I hope that you all were able to feel his spirit that I know I felt. Do you know of anybody that may be going through similar situation or just a hard time that maybe could use this story to see the good that came from it? If you could please share this podcast, I'd be so very grateful. If you or anyone you know would like to share your story, I would love to interview you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at lookabovetheclouds, and we can set up a time to get together and talk about a time in your life where you had to look above the clouds to find the rainbow. I know that by sharing your story, others will benefit from it as well. So please reach out. Thank you again for listening to this podcast and for being here. Please remember as you go about life, if there is ever times where you are in a storm, to look above the clouds. God always sends a rainbow.